Welcome to the Embody Your Design podcast. I am your host, Amy May, 6'3 Emotional Manifesting Generator. I am obsessed with human design and mindset tools and using them to create a life beyond my wildest dreams. My goal with this podcast is to bring you human design and share stories around how you too can begin to embody your human design. What is talked about in this podcast are the thoughts and opinions of me and my guests. I'm always welcome to feedback should you have any. Thank you for being here and let's dive in as we embody our human design one conversation at a time. Okay, guys, so in this episode, I am interviewing Jessica Trapp, and it's so good. She is a manifester in human design, and the reason why, like, I I put this episode for the second episode is because she's she's newer to human design, and she had, this interview was so good. We talk about so many different things in this episode, and I don't want to spoil anything, but the interview is really great and if you are newer to human design and you're feeling like oh my gosh there's like there's so much like how can I make a difference in my life with just really knowing only like one piece of my design like this is just a great episode to like hear someone's story where like really she's only like looked at maybe like her type and her profile but she's made and is making like so many excellent like changes in her life and she's just lived and really truly like parts of her just have embodied like parts of who she is and her design like already like naturally which is so incredibly beautiful so um enjoy this next interview and I am I'm just so incredibly grateful for each of the people that I get to meet and talk to through this podcast. And I hope you guys enjoy this. And I am so excited today to be interviewing Jessica. She is a a senior finance um, manager for like a music company. And she's also starting a business as a like finance and sex coach, like stepping into that role. I am very excited to be doing this interview. She is also um, a manifester. Well, I'm a manifesting generator, but I just did an interview with a different manifester. So another one, which I, I love my manifestors there. This is going to be so fun. So uh, Jessica, why don't you uh, just start out by like telling people who you are and like maybe like a like a little bit of your human design, like maybe more than what I said, I just said your type, but yeah, just introduce yourself so people know who you are. Okay. Um, I am Jessica. And as Amy said, I am a senior finance manager at one of the world's leading music companies. Um, I've been there for about eight years now. Um, so super into finance, love it, could do it the rest of my life. Um, but one of the other things that really intrigues me is sex and uh, helping people with their sexuality. It's something that I've been interested in since high school. And so I finally have decided to start pursuing that side of my desires and, um, you know, things that I feel that I'm good at and can be an asset to people for. Uh, So that's something I'm starting to embark on. Um, As Amy said, I am a manifester. Uh, According to a blueprint that I did, I'm an emotional manifester. Not 100% sure what all of the ins and outs of that are yet, as I'm still, you know, developing my understanding of it. Um, But I definitely have, over the past year or so, um, figured out that human design and seeing that I am a manifester, uh, it definitely makes more sense to me. And it feels more like embodied to me than all of the other like uh, Enneagrams and all the other personalities types that are out there. So I've been enjoying diving into what manifester means for me. Yeah, I found that with human design, like it's been the only modality where uh, the more I've dove into it, the more I feel like it's so me. Like when I first learned my human design, I was like, eh, this isn't me, but it was just how it was presented. But like the more that I looked at it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, um, even like my digestion and how I eat. I was like, whoa, this is something that people had been teasing me about my entire Mm -hmm. life. Like, 
and it's telling me like how I eat and like the things people made fun of me of or it's like how I was designed like mind-blowing and yeah. yeah it's just so crazy how accurate it is um so like feeding off of that like and I I mean I asked you this before but like when you learned your human design like what what is something that was like completely like mind-blowing to you or like that or facilitated like the biggest like change in your life and in your energy so one of the biggest things uh that actually stood out to me from learning that I was a manifester was uh, around the idea of needing to share with people around me my ideas before I dive into them. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I am the type of person where I'm constantly shifting what I do. I have done everything from pole dancing, salsa dancing, to karate, ax throwing, theater like I change I've done Spartan races I've you know got my personal training certification you know I I'm constantly changing activities and constantly going after new um, pieces of information whether or not it's a physical information for my body or mental information for my body I'm constantly going after new things and I've learned that when I jump like head first into that activity or head first into that study, it kind of throws people off because they're like, wait, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> where did this come from? How did you, where did your mind go from here? We were so used to being like you being in this box right here. And then all of a sudden you're over in this box. I can't keep track. And it throws them off. And it sometimes uh, angers people or makes them uncomfortable. They're not entirely sure how to accept what I'm doing. And so that was one of the biggest things that I read as far as being a manifester is to keep people in the loop with what you're doing. You don't need their permission, but like just saying, hey, I'm doing this. And it helps them like slowly warm up to the fact that you're changing like directions in your life. Yeah, that's a huge piece, like the the informing. And I love how you shared like all these different things that you've been doing and everything. And um, I found that that is very in character for like manifestors, like to just do like you do one thing, you complete the cycle and then you're like, okay, I'm done. What's next? And always like shifting and always changing. And um, with that, like, have you always given yourself that permission to shift and move on or have you felt like some resistance against that and like not necessarily moved on from things when it was time? That's a good question. Um, I think some things I have definitely overstayed my welcome there. Um, and, you know, I think there's a little bit of me who, maybe it's the Midwest in me. I currently live in Los Angeles, but I was born and raised in Minnesota. And so there's always that um, like people pleaser aspect of, hey, like I don't want to leave necessarily because I enjoy the people connections and I enjoy like our friendship and stuff. Um, But for instance, um, recently one of my poll instructors reached out to me and she's like, hey, I'm doing another show in February or March. And it's going to be like the 10 year anniversary. I would love for you to come back and, you know, perform a piece. And everything inside of me wanted to be like, yes, yes. Like I want to go. Like I love performing. I love all this, um, you know, dancing and being on stage. But there's also so many other things that I'm working on in my life where it was really hard for me to say, no, I'm not going to come back for the show, you know, because like I love it but it's not suiting me right now, but also I didn't want to disappoint the person. And I think that's the hardest part for me is walking away because I don't want to disappoint other people, you know, in the same, you know, concept of not disappointing people. Sometimes it's hard to be like, Oh, I'm going to go over here and do this because to some people it may be disappointing to them that I'm starting something that they don't quite understand for instance sex coaching you know some people look at it and go why would you want to talk about that like it's such a like hush hush thing and I'm like you're right maybe I shouldn't be doing it you know but I need to stick with what 
feels good to me and feels innate to me and give myself permission regardless of what other people are feeling. Oh, that's so powerful. And you, you brought up like two powerful stories, the power of saying no to something that doesn't quite feel aligned. Like even, even if it's something you love, even it's, if it's something that was a passion of yours, if it's not the right time, then it's not the right time. And that no can be just as powerful as saying yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also like this permission to um, step into like sex coaching, which it's definitely needed. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely needed, especially, um, especially for people in like different sized bodies and like different backgrounds and everything. Like we, we need like that kind of topic to be talked about more and, um, something, you know, I've noticed with like the manifestor energy, it is about, um, you have like these new ideas and you're here to like initiate Mm -hmm. movements, initiate things into the collective. And so that's just, it's really, it's really beautiful. Um, The, uh, so, so far I like, we talked before and you're like, oh, I'm a little bit newer to human design. Uh, What have you like looked at with your human design like so far I'm just I'm just curious mainly the concept of like manifestor and also um I forget what they're called but it's the one and the three the profile thank you the profiles um so one is an investigator and three is I hear different terms for it all the time Mm -hmm. um but it's and they're both kind of similar to like investigating detective work, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, if I understand that right. <laughs> I got you. Yes. No, yeah. Pro- profile is great. Like, yeah, the one is the investigator that's like all getting all the facts. And the three <laughs> is um, uh, in traditional human de- design terminology, it's martyr. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's like, <laughs> um, but I, I have use the term scientist that's what I got from my human design mentor and it's all about like that trial and error and so like people I noticed with the one three it's like you like to learn the facts and then you like experience them and you like play around with them and embody them which I think is like really beautiful um have you noticed have you noticed yourself like learning through experience like with that three line like is that something that you that tends to happen in your life like yeah definitely um I am the type of person who like just with activities that I you know join and stuff I'm the type of person who will show up to classes constantly and um like dive in and be like oh okay screwed up there how can I correct this how can I make this better um and I'm also very teach me more um like I know that right now in this class you're teaching basic things but can I do like a private lesson with you to learn more advanced things because I like to play play trial and error you know like hey like I've got the basic down I want to learn something new can you teach me this even if I don't succeed at it today Um, you know I want to see how it works and then sit and actually like decipher how my body is processing it from the way that the muscles are moving to also the way that I feel about the movement so yes that's like oh that's so beautiful like I'm I'm a 6'3 so I uh and for anyone who's listening like anybody who is a six profile it acts like a three line until um you're around like 30 and I just always feel that free line I'm like I'm 35 so I just always feel that like embodiment 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 like how does this feel in my body how like I even like tell people now like hey like don't bother just telling me with instructions like I need to do it okay can you show me how to do this and can Mm -hmm. you watch me actually do the action because that's how I'm going to learn that's how I'm going to like retain this like information like when I'm learning something new um yeah so that's like so important for all the three lines 
three lines out there if you have any three line in your chart like something to keep in mind is maybe I'm all about the shortcuts so I'm like yeah just just show me don't don't waste your breath like right. <laughs> waste your breath telling me I'm not going to remember exactly <laughs> 100%. It's always better to get your hands in there and get dirty and just be like, all right, I, I figured it out now. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And I, I love that. Like even in like classes or anything, like you would ask to, for private lessons to like learn something that's more advanced. Like um, that's like really, that shows a lot of confidence and initiative and like manifestors, you may be feeling that like urge and you're meant to actually like take that initiative, like manifestors, like you're informing and initiating, like get yourself out there. And um, so if any manifestors, if you're listening and maybe you're like, Oh, like, can I do this? Is this okay? Like, go for it because that's your energy. And this is just like an example of somebody who's done that and who has, you know, moved through like so much in her life, like so far and everything, like just do it, just take that action. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Anything you want to add to that? No, I think you said it perfectly. Take, take the action. You know, I mean, there's always that fear that sits on your chest where you're like, can I do this? Am I going to be good enough at it? Because, you know, everybody has that fear, um, but go after it because you're going to amaze yourself, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're going to surprise the people around you when you do accomplish it. And they're going to be like, oh, we didn't think it was possible, but you proved us wrong. And that even in and of itself feels really good when you prove other people wrong. You're like, see, I told you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So as like, as a manifester, do you, do you have any, like, uh, cause I know you're stepping into starting your own business. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have any ideas around, um, how you're going how you're going to set it up so that it supports like the the like quick movements that you go through um like do you have any like thoughts or like talk about uh because I know a, a lot of listeners like my audience tends to be people who have their own business and it's a question that I get you know like as a manifester like oh my gosh how do I even run my own business like fears around wait what if I change my mind like what if I do all this work and then I'm like eh, I'm done and I didn't like achieve anything like yeah is there anything you're doing to like work with that energy so one of the things that I am uh seeking to do is build my business around retreats around the world Mm. um because I am I love to I mean we've talked about already I like to try different things and so I think if I were to constantly be in the same place um hosting the retreat at the same location or just sitting in an office um that I would get bored and that energy quickly depletes and that's one of the biggest things about being a manifester is um we don't constantly have high drives of energy. We get like big bursts and we're like, okay, we have to go after this. And then we kind of hit our lulls where we're just, you know, sitting there and be like, okay, when the next time comes, like I'll be ready. Um, And so I think constantly moving around the world, seeing different destinations, seeing the different types of activities they have to offer. um, And also like, diving into learning the different cultures in those countries will definitely keep me on my toes and keep me satisfied um, as far as my constant need and desire to keep going after something and pursuing something and learning something. And that'll keep not just the manifester in me happy, but also the investigator in me happy. So. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. Like having, having like a structure where it gives you the freedom and like thinking big picture in terms of like, okay, I have this like business idea and how can I make it? So it's like always exciting and like always motivating for me to keep on doing what I want to be doing. And I, I, I love that. Like for doing retreats, it's like, 
you know, you're never going to have the same person. I mean, re- besides repeat customers, but like, <laughs> it's never going to be like the same group of people. Like right. if you're doing like a group, even if you have like repeat people, like everybody grows and evolves. So having that change, like, yes, like that, that seems like really beautiful for like a manifester to be like cultivating and everything. I, I love that. Um, so as you also talked about like being in it, we talked about you being an emotional authority. I think you said that mm-hmm. at the beginning. Um, have you, how, like, how is your like relationship to your emotions or like how has like, if you, I know you said you started to work with it a little bit, but like working with your emotions, like how, like, what has that experience been for you? Like how, like maybe before human design and then maybe like learning about like your emotional authority, like has that been like a game changer for you? Yeah. I mean, one of the, I kind of have grown up in a family, um, where we're all very open with each other about how we're feeling, but it's also um, very like, let's focus on the positive, uh, let's move forward quickly. And um, if I would get, you know, upset about something, my mom would be like, okay, but things could have been worse. So move on, you know, type of thing. Like if I got mad at my sister, because there was one time I remember I was heading to school and I went to go wash my hands after using the bathroom, but my sister shut the water off underneath the sink because it had a leak. And I was like already running late. And I was just like, she shut the water off. And I got so pissed off at my sister. My mom was like, it's just a water. Like you could use another sink. And I'm like, that's not the point. (laughs) But like, it was so like, I felt like my emotions weren't being validated in that moment. You know, like I know it was something small, but it was because my family is so focused on the positive and like moving on quickly from things and not like letting things bother you. I'm like, okay, but my emotions weren't validated. And so having realized that I'm like an emotional manifester, I'm like, okay, I need to give myself those valid emotions like if I'm stressed out about something whether or not it's at work currently or um like in starting my own business like I need to allow myself to sit in that emotion for a couple minutes and let it feel and pass through my body and then I'll be fine like because if I don't give my emotions that time then I'm just gonna sit in it longer whereas I go okay I feel this emotion cool now now that it's passed, like, what are the next steps that I need to take? How do I fix this? How do I move on from this? So, yeah, that's, that's so important. Like the idea that, or yeah, the idea, I guess <laughs> that your emotions need to be validated. Like you need yeah. to anybody, like whether you have your emotional center defined or undefined, mm-hmm. like you need to ride that emotion, your emotional wave and mm-hmm. Um, and feel all the things and you know it's talked about as like uh, toxic positivity like I hear this uh, phrase tossed about in the in the online spiritual realm world positivity and that's it it's like it's not meant like yes like reframes are important but it's also important to like allow yourself to feel and allow Mm -hmm. yourself to be in that emotion, whether it's like negative, um, I don't, whether it's like sad or angry or something and learning what is health, what is a healthy release for you for that emotion. Uh, there's so, I mean, there's so many different ways to do that, but, um, like learning my, I'm an emotional authority also. And like learning how my emotions work was like, the biggest game changer. So I always like to hear from other people, like, is, has, was that a game changer for you too? Because that was like, for me, because I, I just thought like something was, was wrong with me. Like I have, um, I have a tribal wave. I have like the 4037 channel. And so it's like ratchet, 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 explode. And then <laughs> I'm good. And like, oh my gosh, the moments when I would explode, it was, I was like afraid. I was like, oh, but knowing that it's meant to happen and noticing like the warning signs in me like and healthy ways I can 
allow that to like dispel like through yeah. physical touch for anybody who has a tribal wave um which is i know 4037 and then i forgot the other one um but if anybody's listening and they want to know just like get in contact with me and i'll tell you i'll look it up but <laughs> Like I said, you don't need to know a ton of human design to get value from this podcast. Like I, that's what I tell people. I'm like, okay. Um, and it's okay to not have all the facts memorized because, you know, uh, you can look it up, but yeah. yeah. And I think that's the beautiful thing about human design is there's so many intricate pieces that I think you're going to constantly be learning about yourself. And you mentioned earlier about the uh, six being like a three line until you're 30. That's one of the coolest things I think about the whole human design thing is that it changes as you age. Like, you know, you're not constantly going to be like, yeah, of course you're going to be, I'm going to be a one, three manifester the rest of my life. But the way that it affects me is going to differ as I age and depending upon where I'm at in my life. So. Yes. And well, and that also brings up, um, there's, it, it, like human design does astrology too. And um, I'm not as well versed in astrology, disclaimer, mm-hmm. I will say this multiple times on this podcast, but you know, there's um, like your solar return or like mm-hmm. all this stuff. And like in human design, even with your, um, they have like a North node and a South node. So it's like, you, you have this like, future direction and then you have like a past direction and so like those pieces come into play along with like you know the uh, in astrology like everything like all this the planets all move the same thing happens in human design so uh for any reflectors listening that's like your guiding point (laughs) is like really following the transits versus anything else Um, and there's simple ways you can do that, that aren't like, some people think like, I know like the cost for human design readings can be like, some people are very pricey, but like with, um, if you learn like the basics, like you can track it on your own and, uh, you can either, there's like free calendars out there for the transits or, um, I pay for a subscription service. It's like nine bucks a month. That's like that's two coffees. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth it in my opinion, honestly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like anything, learning more about yourself and how you work, I think helps you realize how you need to move forward in life. Because if you're constantly just moving forward, like in a monotonous way and not recognizing why you're moving that way, I think it, you know, can hold you back from so many things that you could be doing. So learning more about yourself is definitely important. Yes, yes. And, you know, this, uh, we're talking about human design specifically, but uh, I mean, there's so many other tools. And so um, what I love about human design is that it it combines um, like five different modalities. There's like science in there, there's chakras, astrology, the I Ching and the Kabbalah. And all all of these so it is like human design in and of itself is like a I don't know like a like a mixing bowl and like different like cultures and different like teachings all into one so it's not like oh this is the only way you can do it like no you you get to know yourself like on your own level and this just happens to be the modality that like uh, like Jessica and I like have really connected with and have found like, oh, this is, this feels really good to me. This like resonates like on the dot, like, yes, I'm diving into this deeper. Um, so you mentioned like you're a little bit like newer to human design. And so is there, so for people who maybe are in the same place as you, like maybe like newer, curious, maybe they've had a reading done, but don't know where to go from there. Like, do you have any advice for anybody uh, who is like in the same place as you? Maybe anything you learned through your embodiment, like, oh, maybe, maybe I would have learned this quicker if I did it this way or something. I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, um, I think I mentioned it to you in like our email exchange or something. Um, but 
in like relations to me being a one three, the investigator aspect of it, I recently uh kind of around September, October of last year, I started to I mean, I've been a manager at my company, but have never really managed people. Um, but things are starting to shift at my company where I'm starting to oversee the work of other people. And I was getting super stressed out about like the idea that I have to direct other people and not that I'm bad at it, but it doesn't bring me joy and satisfaction. I'm like, I don't want to be spending my time doing this. Like I don't want to constantly be overlook, like looking over somebody's shoulder, making sure they're doing their job right. Like why can't they like step up to the plate and do the job themselves? Why do I constantly have to help them? And it wasn't until I started looking at human design, which I think I started looking maybe around March timeframe of this year. And so like six months after that, and I'm like, oh, because I'm not meant to manage people. I'm an investigator. I'm meant to be given the problem and fix the issue, you know? And so it was one of those things where I like, had no idea why it was stressing me out. And then I, somebody pointed me in the direction of human design and I was like, that's why it's stressing me out. So if you're in the newer stages of human design, you you might sit here and go, okay, this is great information. I don't understand what any of it means or how it connects to me, but take a step back and actually like look at where you're at currently in your life and say, okay, where are areas that I feel like are bothering me or where are areas that I feel like I'm successful at? And how does that tie into my human design? Don't try to tie your human design into your life right now like just as a whole, break it down into smaller scenarios within your life, because it's definitely going to show you in the smaller areas versus like who you are as a whole being. I love that. That is, that is so important. And like, you literally like put into words what, what my experience with it was. Cause like what, um, I didn't, when I first learned human design, I, I read a book because I I'm a I'm a librarian part-time my listeners know this but yeah and so books yay I read a book and I was like looking at my life as a whole and I was like I don't relate to this like I don't do this and and then as I like took courses and um event I had a reading like later on like as I like talk to people more about it and like dove deeper knows that I like looked at the smaller like things in my life it's like oh that makes sense Mm -hmm. oh that makes sense okay and then like putting yeah like putting all the little pieces together um can be like incredibly helpful um just to kind of see how it relates and everything and uh, and you brought up something else that was really good. Like, look at like where in your life, like, are you not happy? Like, if you're happy with your life, like, there's no need to change it. There, yeah. if you're successful in an area, there is no need to change it. Like, if something's working, like, enhance it, not like, oh, I need to tear everything down and start over. So, like, what I love about human design is like each type, they have like a signature and they have a non-self theme so that you can, like, it can help you to pinpoint those like parts in your life. Um, Yeah. And so like, as a manifester, like your, yours is like anger and peace, like peace is the good. And then (laughs) anger is the non-self theme. Uh (laughs) Um, I'm just curious, like, with that anger piece, did you notice yourself getting angry more or like other people getting angry at you? I think myself getting angry more. Um, I have this, I, I'm, the guy I'm seeing right now kind of explained it in a good way. He's like, you're the perfect mix of type A and type B. Like, you know how to have fun and stuff, but you also know when to be serious. And I think there's the type A side of me that, actually, I don't think I know the type A side of me (laughs) likes to have things very controlled and, um, you know, like fit into a perfect box and like the way that I want it to be done, it needs to be done that way. And 
So when things weren't happening that way, I would get super angry. I'm like, oh my God, okay, like <laughs> this is bothering me. And, you know, at some points I would explode. Um, and then I've learned over time to like really learned over time to just kind of let things flow organically um, because things don't want to be controlled and things don't need to be controlled. And so it would always be me constantly getting upset and angry when things were not going perfectly. Um, I don't think other people got mad at me per se, but they definitely didn't understand where my mind was. So it wasn't necessarily anger. It was just like, I don't know what you're doing and why you're doing it. So got it. Yeah. I I've heard it. I've heard it both ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and it can happen with me also. And like, I've had people like angry or frustrated at me, like projected onto me. So I was like, okay, like, I'm just curious. Cause like, I don't get angry, like very often. So I was like, I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good curiosity thing. <laughs> I will ask certain questions just for like, I just purely want to know for myself and like <laughs> my own knowledge and everything. I'm like, We'll see. We'll see. I love it. Um, so I love like, I love the advice you gave for people and everything. And just like looking at like those small pieces, and then looking at, you know, when things are going well and when things aren't going well. Um, is there anything that like, like when you started like investigating your human design, like, is there anything that like you wish, like maybe somebody would have told you or explained in a different way so that you could like understand it like a little bit better? Um, I would say the way I was introduced to it was through, I think it's mybodygraph.com. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's super confusing when you get the image of the graph and then no other information. And I'm like, what is this supposed to tell me? <laughs> and so I think that is one of the biggest hurdles to get over is how to find the information out there. Um, because you can follow people who might do my human or do human design on like on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media platform you prefer. And they'll give you little bits and pieces of information. But if you're like me, where I'm an investigator, I'm like, I want to dive in and learn it, but you're giving me little bits and pieces of information. This isn't super helpful. Um, so I think that would have been probably the easiest thing or something that would be more beneficial when I first got introduced to human design was to be told, don't look at the graph and expect yourself to understand it and don't expect yourself to right away. Cause like, if you look at like other personality um, tests out there and stuff, they kind of give you a summarized version of what it means. And you're like immediately like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's who I am. Or no, that's not who I am. Um, but with human design, it's so intricate and there's so much information out there that you're not going to get an understanding of exactly who you are from a summarized paragraph and from just looking at the, the graph. So I think that would have been helpful for me to know and hear ahead of time of you're not going to know everything right now. So don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. Just be patient and take it as it comes to you um, instead of trying to just know the facts right up front. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I was lucky the first time um, I heard about it, like before I got the book, uh, mm -hmm. it was like a guest speaker in like a group coaching program I was in and the person said here's where you get your body graph um you're not going to understand any of it and but don't worry I will help you and like it, for whatever reason like I, nothing clicked during that for me and then the book didn't click either but like it was I really appreciated that like oh okay I'm not going to get it I'm not going to worry about it, but, um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. Like, that's what I've heard a lot from the one lines is, you know, oh, I learned, I hear about this human design, I'm curious about it, I'm going to get my chart, and then I'm just going to go down this Google, this Google hole. And when you go on Google, like, because I've done it too, even though I'm not a one line, but I'm a, I'm a librarian. So I like to research. Um, I've been, I've been conditioned to have some one line tendencies in me, but um, it's like, you get, you just get like a whole bunch of um, like articles, which some are great, but other ones are just like, wait, what did I just read? I don't understand like this doesn't make sense it's not empowering um and that's a whole other conversation of like the human design languaging like uh traditional human design um is not very empowering language but then like as people have been working with it and come and coming to their own interpretations of it like it's become more empowering which I'm all for um I I try to share it in the most like empowering way possible um yes so I I love like I'm loving this conversation so far it's like so good we're learning we're learning so much and like sharing so much um so with I want to I kind of want to talk about um the sex stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Once I mention it. <laughs> yes. So, um, what? I think you may have touched about this before, but like, what made you want to like really do with this? And like, what are some things that I know you mentioned like retreats, like like what are some of the things that you plan on like teaching and bringing like with this topic because I know it's really broad so feel free to get like more specific with it I'm just I, I want to know and I think our our listeners will want to know too <laughs> um thank you for asking so as I mentioned at the beginning um I've kind of been interested in sex coaching um or just the all around topic of sex since high school uh, I had a lot of friends in high school who um didn't necessarily know how to pursue safe sex relationships. Um, I have been fortunate enough with my family where we have been 100% open about pretty much any topic, including sex, since I was a little kid. And one of the biggest things my parents always said to me was, if you're not mature enough to walk into a gas station and buy a condom, then you're not mature enough to have sex. And so like that idea of maturity and being ready for sex has always stuck with me. And I saw not, not necessarily immaturity in my friends. I mean, we're in high school, so we're at some level of immaturity because we haven't fully developed, but it was just, they didn't know how to have those conversations with partners and, um, you know, just all around what sex was about. And so I was constantly having conversations with them. And obviously in high school, I didn't know 100% of anything, but um, you know, I, it was something that I was open to talking to my friends about and never judged them about. And you know, if I needed to take them to Planned Parenthood, either myself or my mom would drive them to Planned Parenthood. And you know, there's just always that openness to it. And then um, I went to a Christian university for college and obviously religion, has this like abstinence only focus, but then also being on a Christian college or campus um, and also being around 18 to 21 year olds who are not underneath their parents' rule for the first time in 18 years, you know, like what are they gonna do? They're gonna start having sex, but then they're also gonna have the emotions that follow of having sex, especially on a Christian campus where they feel shame, they feel guilt, they, like weren't using protection. Uh, They like weren't having full on conversations with their partners around safe sex and consensual sex. And um, there were countless times where I'd run down to Target with a friend and I'd pick them up condoms and pregnancy tests, you know? And it was just one of those things where again, I was the go-to friend where I was like, hey, I'm a safe space. You can talk to me and come to me if you're struggling with anything with sex and I'll help you out and we'll have conversations around it. Um, 
And I had kind of decided around freshman year that I wanted to pursue sex therapy. Um, but then I think it was middle of my sophomore year, I realized that was going to be a lot of schooling that I didn't want to do at that point in time. <laughs> um, so I decided to switch over to finance because I had been helping my parents with their business um, from a like financial side for a couple of years now. And so it was something that I was good at, something I knew I enjoyed. And I also knew that I could get done with my college you know, degree within four years underneath that and get out into the world and get a job. Um, and so as I switched over, I was talking to my tax professor one semester and in the middle of class, I mentioned that I had switched from sex therapy to um, finance accounting. And he kind of stopped in the middle of class and he looked at me and he said, if you can find a way to combine helping couples with sex and also helping couples with their finances, then that would be the most golden career that you could ever create because because he's a tax person he's like I have couples who come into my office to deal to talk about their taxes every single year around tax season and then all of a sudden it turns into one huge therapy session about like all the other problems in their life including sex and he's like and I'm not like at all able to therapy or you know um be their therapist in that and so he's like, that's something that if you're passionate about both things, pursue it. And it's always stuck in the back of my mind. Um, and then a couple of years ago, around October of 2019, I just decided, you know what, what the hell, I'm still young. And not that age has anything to do with it. I mean, I, I just turned 33 on Thursday. Um, but I'm like, I have all this this desire in my life to go after this, why not start now? And so I started pursuing getting my sex coaching degree, which I know this question will be asked, what is the difference between sex therapy and sex coaching? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so sex therapy is more, you deal with a person's history, their past, you dive into um, things that have may have been trauma to them or um, emotional um their emotional history, whereas sex coaching is taking a client from where they're at now and helping them get to what they want to achieve in their sex life. You know, so if you have a client who has never orgasmed before, we work on exercises to get them to orgasm um, or even work on exercises to understand that orgasm isn't always and shouldn't always be the end result. It should always be, how are you pleasure? Um, how do you feel pleasure and satisfaction in your sex life in general? Um, so that's what sex coaching is kind of more focused on. So that's something I, you know, I'm working on and getting my degree. I should finish my certification by November. And then my goal is to host my first retreat around December timeframe. Um, and I really want to work I think I want to initially start working with women only um, because I'm also a very confident person and that's, um, I want to help women gain confidence in who they are from like their body image to their sexuality. Um, and then I eventually want to branch off and work with couples and then down the road, I would love, love, love to work with the church and figure out how they can change their education around abstinence only to like sex inclusive. Um, because really like the biggest thing I learned is if you've heard up until the day you get married that sex is bad and then you get married and all of a sudden sex is supposed to be good but you don't know anything about your body then how are you supposed to enjoy sex? Exactly, so. oh my gosh. you you. I love that story. Like I grew up um, conservative Christian. Also, I didn't go to a Christian university, um, but, and, you know, like I'm very open with my story, but like, I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was 25, didn't have my first kiss until 25. And then it was like, I felt that like boom of like hormones and everything. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, 
I don't like I was literally like teased for my body's like natural reaction to things and like I I taught myself to like suppress it because I was like I'm gonna get made fun of they're gonna ask me and I don't know the answers like oh this is uncomfortable and like um that's why like you know I wanted to, to I think it's so important to talk about it because especially like if you're 20 like if you're 25 like and I'm not the only one in my like local friends group like it's you know it's I, I I like it's some similar stories and stuff where you know for whatever reason like mm-hmm. you know you t- they talk about it in like you know your teenagers and all this stuff but like it's it's kind of like you're if you haven't done anything like when you're younger you get like it's like oh you're weird like yeah like oh you can't talk about that but like having something out there like uh I'm so glad like now like social media is so big and like mm-hmm. the like coaching world and the support out there is like so much bigger where people who are like you know in their early mid-20s and even like some teenagers like they are like they like oh there's like coaches out here who like deal with this kind of thing like I can get the help I need like I I love that and like yeah and (laughs) I have so many thoughts we would be here like forever about like the church and like (laughs) and and so it really is and I, I yeah I remember I was in a bible study uh last year and um you know, people tell me, don't talk about sex and Bible study with your Bible study friends. And I'm like, why? And I actually brought up that I want to be a sex coach to them. And all of the women were like, oh my God, we need you. Like not them personally need me. They're like, the church needs you. And, you know, and it's not because like, I waited until I was 27 to have intercourse. I mean, I had done a couple other things before, but and I didn't wait for like any particular reason other than that. I never trusted a partner enough to give like Mm-hmm. Um, to give myself fully to them I don't like using the word virginity so like to have sexual intercourse I never you know trusted a partner but it was just one of those things where there's so many stigma there's so much stigma around sex in the church and people don't know how to talk about it that even the girls in my Bible women sorry correcting myself um, women in my bible study were like we need somebody who's going to come in and talk about sex in an open honest communicative way you know and I don't necessarily want to go into a church and change them from abstinence only like be like you can't teach about abstinence of course teach about abstinence but you also need to teach about everything else sex related so that people don't feel shame because that's the biggest we don't want people to feel shame around like you were saying that you had all these hormones come up and you're like people were making fun of me for my drive and, you know, like all these hormones and, and it's like, nobody should feel shame about their natural reactions that their body creates ever. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's come up like in, uh, like current relationships where it's like, oh, like you're not, you're not like a, you're not like vocal enough or like, you know, pursuing enough and I was like well I turned all that off like it's I gotta like (laughs) recondition myself (laughs) I'm like oh okay it's okay now I'm safe like okay maybe like (laughs) we'll see what happens but oh I I love that and I love like um I love that you're getting certified in like uh in like sex coaching because that's like a whole other um conversation and stuff but uh, you know there's so many people who become coaches who aren't uh like certified and like I don't I don't necessarily believe that you need a certification for any for all things because like your experience can be enough Mm -hmm. um however uh I think like at least for me for something like with sex like having some training and some guidance because it can be like very uh traumatic for people like with everything like um you know it's important to have like some sort of training to be able to hold the space and like have the conversation 
And it's like some kind of proof so that uh, like clients and stuff can feel safe with, yeah, with you. Yeah. And it's, it's important because like I mentioned earlier, as a coach, I can't do the pathologizing aspect that therapists do. And so because I am getting my certification in coaching, I am learning what my boundaries as a coach are. I can help you to this point. But if I get to a point with a client where I'm like, you know what, that you have some past trauma that you need to work through before we can move forward. I have to decide for myself at that point that for their safety and their best interest, I need to refer them out to a therapist and that let them get their help there before they can come back to me and we can continue to move forward in their sexual journey because I never want to harm a person. And like you said, there's people out there who become coaches just from experience, which there's nothing wrong about it as long as you're informed and you're not out there causing harm to your clients instead of bettering them and helping them. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. And the point was like, you know, for, for human design, like I, I definitely think that you could, you could get like an accurate reading from somebody who's like studied enough yeah. um, because I've been through certifications and it's pretty much just like you're learning everything. And then somebody's checking your work to make sure you're not like, telling somebody they're a manifester when they're a projector and like like flipping all that stuff and like all that and, and everything there but um when it comes to these more like sensitive uh, topics and ones that maybe have more like trauma around them um having some kind of training and to know like your boundaries and to know where to send people is like so incredibly important. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I love that you're doing that and everything. Um, yeah, leading off of that, like just to kind of wrap things up because it's been like an amazing conversation of where can, so like if people are like, oh my gosh, like, yes, like I really want to work with a sex coach. Like once you're already or like interested in the first retreat, like where can people follow you on uh, social media to get any updates around that so the uh, main spot that you can follow me on social media is instagram um it's confident underscore sexuality c-o-n-f-i-t-e-n-t did i spell that right yeah uh, underscore s-e-x-u-a-l-i-t-y um that's where you'll mainly that's where i post a lot of confident um uh info confidence info and confident boosting posts and also about sex um but i also have a uh, email um thread that you can find in the bio there um where you can sign up for my e email newsletter and i send out a monthly email um and when you sign up to my email list you get a free ebook of my um eight tools to building confidence um in yourself so and honestly i've gotten such great feedback it's not a cheesy ebook um I put a lot of thought and work into that. And I, a lot of people have taken that to heart. So if, even if that's the only thing you're interested in from what you get from this podcast, please, please, please just go subscribe, get the ebook, and then you can unsubscribe if you feel like it. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I care, obviously, but I want people to get tools to help themselves throughout life. So yeah, that I feel that way too. Like if like I have a free, uh, now it's a membership. It used to be a course um, for human design. And if people just sign up for that and then like unsubscribe to the email, I go, okay, cool. I'm making an impact with the information you're getting. And that's like really what's important. So, and also we'll link, um, we'll link all the socials and ways to get in contact with Jessica in the show notes. So if you like didn't quite get that, or if you're driving, it's in the show notes. So don't worry if you like didn't quite catch that or can't quite find it we'll link it in there for you but um yeah like thank you so much for doing this interview like any last like words or anything you want to say to anybody uh, before we sign off <laughs> don't be afraid to go after what you want in life Ooh, That's I love that. my biggest thing like constantly try new things and put yourself out there because you're going to surprise yourself Mm, that's beautiful I love it well thank you so much again and um, yeah I'll catch everybody in the next episode thanks for listening to today's episode want to dive even deeper I invite you to check out my free membership embody your
design. We dive deep into how you can embody your unique human design. Link to join is in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate a review on iTunes. As a special thank you, you can send your screenshot of the review to theamymay at gmail.com and my team will send you a little gift. I invite you to tag me on Instagram at theamymay with your favorite part of this episode. Thanks again for listening and see you in the next episode.